Inspiration, Adventist Reflections. Now, to discuss character building ideas, here is your host, Dr. Denzi. Hi, family, welcome back to another episode of the Adventist Reflections Podcast. Today we have chapter 6 of the book of Daniel, and for that we have Pastor Zenny back. And Zenny, I would like just to welcome you and thank you for making it all the way through to half the book, isn't it? Yes, yes. And um, I guess it will be great to comment and mention, we've been commenting about the situation that we're living here in Australia and, and in Queensland where we are greeting you all from. We have finally some steady and outpours of physical rain. And it has been a blessing, hasn't it? So good, so good, soaking rain. Absolutely. It's just so good to, as I drive home, to see things green again. It was. It has been so brown and gray and dead for so long Yeah. that I just can't believe it. Absolutely. This time around, we have another experience of Daniel as we think of chapter 6. And... Um, I think it will be fair enough to just recap what we saw last week. We, you, you, you share with us any about the idea of how judgment came to King uh, Belshazzar. He didn't listen despite of the fact that he knew what happened. I mean, he will have known the stories of his grandfather, King Nebuchadnezzar. And he went even out of his way to violate the things out of the temple that were separated. And well, judgment came. The, the hand wrote on the wall and, and judgment did come to him there and then. And as we proceed now, that was, I think, that marked the historical point where the head of gold was to be no longer as Nebuchadnezzar dream in chapter 2. And we have another kingdom now. And, yes. and this is where our story is really uh, con- contextualized. We, we're talking about the next king of the, the Medes and the Persians. So can you tell us a little bit about where do you see Daniel standing? Where do you see the king right now in this chapter? I'm, I'm assuming this is not this that didn't happen straight away after King Belshazzar uh, got killed. It is, this might have been a few years after. Yeah. Look. So, so what is um, what is happening is you you have a, like a, a personal judgment as well as a judgment over the whole kingdom. Okay. Uh, happening in chapter five, uh, you have uh, you have a king, uh, Bel- Belshazzar, who is ridiculing, who is sarcastic, who is demeaning towards uh, God Yahweh, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and who is trying to fight uh, against against uh, uh, God Himself, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and the judgment becomes personal as well as the judgment over the whole kingdom. Right. God, God was the one who predicted, who foresaw that this was going to happen. So that's our God, you know, God who knows the future, but who God who lives in the lives of people, you know, uh, and, and things develop. Yes. Which is, um, which is what, what we have seen so far. Mm-hmm. And now, we are in a new kingdom. It's the kingdom of um, the Persians, and, and once again, it's we are in the historical part. So the whole focus is on narrative, on the story, mm-hmm. on the story of of kings, on the story of Daniel uh, and and 
and the people of God in in, in this story. Yes. Um, but but yeah. So the story does deal with uh, uh, with with the nature of 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 of, of, of the kingdom of God and uh, and once again uh, we are back into it because there is a parallelism between chapter three and chapter chapter six. Okay. Uh, okay. There's there's a clearly um, and, and many who study the book of Daniel see clear, clearly that there is a there is a similarity between the two two chapters. Remember in chapter three, mm. um, Nebuchadnezzar was the one who set up this massive golden statue to worship it um, for worship, you know, and this mm. is the worship of him or this is the worship of his kingdom, if you will. Yes. And now here in chapter six, you have um, you have a uh, king uh, Darius who is setting up mm. uh, satraps. Um, and administrators over the kingdom. So okay. that, that's a key word, setting up. And then you have a, in chapter three, the decree given by uh, Nebuchadnezzar to worship this statue. That's chapter three. Right. And in chapter six, you have this decree to worship nobody else and no other gods except to worship uh, King Darius. Yes. Yes. And then you have in chapter three, the charges were brought against three men, mm-hmm. uh, three Daniel, three Daniel's friends. Mm-hmm. And then here in chapter six, charges were brought against Daniel, who uh, refused to worship a king, but worshiped only God. And, and then again, in Daniel three, you have uh, an execution taking place. Yes. Which was prevented by God, as we know, in the fiery furnace, where the fourth man was the one who saved them. Yes. From the execution, as well as in chapter six, you have a, 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 an execution about to take place. But again, you have a God who is a savior once again. Mm. Uh, so th- there is there, there are similarities there, and obviously that's that's what uh, that that there is an emphasis there about what is a true worship, who is a true God. Yes. Who are the people of God and who are not the people of God. So mm. these are the themes that we find in this historical part of, of, of the book of Daniel, basically. Yes, yes. So I can see what you're saying and I can see, as you explained beautifully, those parallels. So there is, there is, there, there are two kings. They're different, but they're all longing for some sense of worship. I think their human nature just gets the best. Uh, or rather the worst out of them to think, hey, you know, I can be worshipped. Um, you need to be loyal to me. And then yes. there is that test of faithfulness. And and God delivered them. And God delivered them. I, I found quite interesting that at the beginning of the chapter, chapter 6, it speaks of how it pleased King Darius. And I and I went to, to check a couple of versions of this text, and it says... That he pleased him, so he was very happy. He he was um he, he was of his desire to set up all these satraps. They're like governors of some kind. Yes, that's right. And he pleased him, of course, because he continues in the same narrative in the same same text that he set up three administrators over those people, like like kind of like what we would call the ministers here in Australia. Correct. There were three of them below the prime minister, and one of those was Daniel. Yeah, exactly. And that, that is amazing to think about it because when we see Daniel in the last chapter, he was almost retired. 
<laughs> like Correct. people have almost forgotten about him. This guy is not all young anymore. Yeah, so he you have you have these these types of people who have a longevity and who survive kingdoms and who survive political leaders, etc., who are mm. faithful in what they do and the whole apparatus of a state depends on them. And Daniel was obviously one of them. When you think about it, Darius is in Babylon, even though the Babylon Babylon is conquered, it's not longer a Babylonian kingdom. Yeah. But in, within Babylon you have these civil structures that remain. Yeah. And and kind of Daniel was the most knowledgeable guy about how the whole society functions. So it's no wonder that he puts him kind of among those three administrators and most probably he was even going to be over them, over mm. three of them. So he was like kind of a second man in, in charge of the whole kingdom. Yeah. So he survives the turmoils of political uh, intrigue mm. just by simply being faithful to God and being faithful to duty and responsibility and, and doing it for the love of God and doing it for the love of people. Yeah, you know, you're right. As I read the, the chapter, you're correct. It it sounds that the kings had some great plans for Daniel. He saw the qualities that these faithful men of God had. Yes, and nobody else liked it, though. Correct, and that's <laughs> that's what happened. There's a, there's a, there's a case for jealousy, isn't it? So this is this is where it stems from. Mm. You know, people who are career oriented typically are people who become jealous. People who want to advance and uh, there's nothing wrong with, with us having more responsibility, which naturally may happen. Right. But if it is, if that is our hunger and thirst and that, that we constantly uh, climb the ladder of, of, um, of professional of, success. Of, yeah, and the corporate ladder, mm. it, it becomes dangerous. Typical symptom of it is jealousy. Yeah. When somebody else is uh, awarded and you are not, you are trying to find faults in that other. We have to be very careful. In other words, we are, we are doing for what we are doing for our own glory rather than for service and ministry. And that's, that is always dangerous. So what I'm hearing here is that th there are many people out there who their identity becomes this success, this profession, this, yes. this job whatever that might be, and, and because that's their identity alone, they need to make sure that they try to succeed. And, and, and you know, they will push and shove whoever is on the way to be able to climb. And, and when you think about it, the reason for it, what is it? It is kind of self-worship. I want to be number one, mm. and I want to be looked up to, and I want this self-worship. Yeah. When you, when you think about it. When, when in fact the heart of Daniel is the heart of a person who is a servant, who loves people, you know. So this is kind of almost a battle between good and evil. Mm. God humbled himself in, in the form of Jesus Christ and became humble even unto death, became like a servant. And servanthood was not his strange, is not something that is strange to him, but it is the essence of who he is, and that is to serve out of love. Right. And what is happening here, this is totally opposite direction. I want to shake off humility and become somebody very special that is respected and worshipped. So that's a trajectory of devil himself, which is self-centeredness and worship, isn't it? So jealousy is just a symptom of this 
of 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 the state of heart which is not the heart of God but the heart of heart of evil. I really like that parallel because you are correct. I can imagine, you know, uh, as we know in the story of the great controversy as Christians, as Adventist Christians, Satan did try to set up himself up like like God, and then he went beyond trying to raise uh, raise up charges against God's uh, unfairness and his government system uh and 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 i think we have a similar thing here right mm. these people are so jealous their hearts are full of themselves in wickedness that they try to find out hey you know maybe we can we we, we can see when he's making the little minute mistakes when maybe he's just taking some things home from the kingdom uh, <laughs> utilizing the resources for himself utilizing his power maybe he's entering into some kind of nepotism maybe he's favoring his friend whatever i don't have a clue mm. and they couldn't find a thing that's the that's, that's the right. thing that is so right. amazing and the question they ask is what is it we can we can find out against this man because we need to bring a downfall for him you know we are so jealous yeah and what is it mm. really the question is what makes daniel tick Mm. And this is a tes testament to Daniel. This is this is perfect. And and if the answer to that question is what makes this guy tick, is is God Himself mm. and the law of God. When it says the law of God, meaning the Bible, yeah. the Old Testament, you know, that's what makes him tick. Yes. In other words, he has the foundation of his life. Mm -hmm. um, the, the 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 roots of his life are found. In God and in the Word of God, that's what makes him tick. If at the end of a day, people's testimony can be for you and me, you know, what makes this guy tick is God, but more precisely, the Word of God. Uh, that makes his life uh, the, the the success of his life. Wow, what a testament! I, what a testament. Absolutely, what an amazing life. Uh, the story says that, I mean, in chapter, in, in verse 5, that finally these people say, like, look, we just give up. There is there is nothing that we can find to charge him. Absolutely nothing. Yes. Nothing that has something to do with the law of his God. And that's and that thing, that's what you were saying, isn't it? Like, the motive of Daniel what God's, what was to serve God, was the law of God. And that's where they attacked, isn't it? That's, that's where they exactly. had to go. Okay. They have they they have to go against the word of God. They so that this never stops. When you think about it, you know, uh, as 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 devil cannot uh, directly attack God Himself, he can attack the word, you know, by which our lives are being directed. So mm. they said to the king, Your Majesty, um, you know, if somebody is not going to worship you, they should be thrown into the lion's den. Mm. That's that's what they were saying. So issue a decree and put it in writing so it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be re repelled. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Yeah. So obviously clash, obviously a clash uh, and, mm. and, and a looming, potentially a looming disaster, isn't it? Absolutely. And I mean, when I think about the parallels of these and where we are right now as Christians or and we could even argue where we're heading to in this in this point in the era of this world. As any faithful Christian perhaps at some point in time will find themselves with with having to make this kind of decision that Daniel had to make. Yes. Yeah. So how did how did Daniel respond? Obviously the law passed 
and he will have none. I mean, he was um, he he was part of this cabinet of government. What did Daniel do, Sunni? Well, but interesting, you know, interesting on that one is what is kind of uh, curious and silly is how the false religion is based. It's okay. It's it's made up religion, you know, on spot. You know, King agrees with these satraps and these administrators. Yes. To set up a religion based with the heart of it is nothing but pride and self-exaltation. And it, it is invented on spot. So it's born in man. False religion is born in a human being. Yeah. And look, the worship itself is programmed and imposed and it is called and you are, you are to conform. And it's, mm. it's kind of a human law, you know. Right. But the truly religion is nothing to do with the human being. It's born in God and Worship is spontaneous and it's free and God's law of the, or the word of God is, is, you find the source of it, you know. Mm. So what a contrast between false religion and, and, and God's religion, you know. Yeah, yeah. As you were saying, that idea of it was made on the spot, it was to do with, you know, self-gratification, self-glorification, selfishness, you know, the core of evil in, in many ways. I can, I just keep on thinking about how Daniel's religion wasn't made on the spot. Not only has he been doing for a long time, it's part of who he is, and, and, and he has lived experientially his relationship with God, who God was, the setter of the true religion, yes. the only true God. Yes. Yeah. I cannot avoid Zeni, though, to think that, and I think this is a question that many people will have, to think that Daniel could have reacted differently, though. I mean, I know that he was going to pray every time. The Bible yes. says in the same spot, the same way. Uh, I think scholars believe that he was, you know, opening the, the, the windows where he was in his room or the doors towards Jerusalem, which was customary, you know, usually towards the temple. And, um, and he could have easily, you know, just, hey, put the blinds a little bit down, close the kids and keep on praying. Mm, mm, yes, yes. I, I don't know if there is an answer to this, but is that is that are we borderlining here presumption and foolishness, or this was important to take place? Uh, I think this is important, and this is now you can see that Daniel is consistent. Yeah. Chapter one, he draws a line in sand. Right. Uh, and remember that when he said, uh, "Well, because this food has been de dedicated to a king." Uh, and king was being regarded as God, mm -hmm. I'm not going to eat from uh, this food. I'm drawing my, the line in the sand. Right. And a any follower of God will have to make sure that you draw a line in the sand. Okay. And otherwise you're going to compromise the values and you're going to compromise with that what is what is important. And again, here in this chapter, he draws a line in the sand and he says, look, my God and my faith is the secret of my life, and I cannot not compromise on this. I simply, I'm, I'm so this is kind of the second drawing uh, of a line in the sand. Mm. So that that's happening once again. So, so what you find until now, a prayer and the spiritual life of Daniel is totally, we are totally oblivious to it. Right. But it only shows up to us in a crisis, and we see that what the secret of his life is. It's just totally now open to us that the secret of his life is his private life, which is his devotional life made up of reading the Bible and, uh, and praying. Mm. 
and he does it three times a day. That's what makes him tick. And he says, if you are, I'm going to compromise on that, I'm not going to. So, so what he is saying, so this, when you think about his prayer, is a prayer, prayer of a saint. Yeah. And a saint is somebody that you cannot see. We see a hero, you know, but but you you do not see a saint. Right, they're always in the background. Saint is somebody who is who is doing his job and who is doing what is right out of the sight mm. of anyone. You know. Yes. Um, so you could almost say when prayer is fashionable, then you should pray in secret. But when prayer is forbidden, then pray publicly. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yes, I see where you're coming from. Yes. So that's exactly what's happening with with uh, with, with, with Daniel. Uh, when it is fashionable, just uh, be very careful, very very careful, stay away from it. But if it is forbidden, yeah, right, right. And really, really, some practical stuff here uh, of Daniel's uh, devotional life mm-hmm. is uh, prayer is there in good and time and bad time. Mm. And you are not tailoring it. Oh, this is for the bedtime. You pray consistently in both good time and and bedtime. Mm. Also, Daniel had a place for prayer. You know, yes, he would go always to that place. This is where I pray. This is where I meet with God, and that's my place. Mm-hmm. He's very disciplined. He does it on a daily basis. And also, it says that it's a prayer around sacrifice, which is quite interesting, you know, around the sacrifice. So, prayer and sacrifice go together, which is quite Mm -hmm. interesting. Prayer and sacrifice go together. So, when you think about it from a Christian perspective, prayer is always focused on on the ultimate, which is Jesus being Jesus, our Savior, you know. Right. So, yeah. So, he has his priorities well determined, well set. He, you mentioned this word that caught my mind, discipline. He had this habit, and uh, his motive was so set in God that he was not going to change it regardless of what law came. And, yes. and, and that's, that's amazing. That's, I think at this point it shouldn't surprise us of the reaction of Daniel based on everything else we studied, but that's who he was. Exactly. Mm. And also when you think about the content of that, of that prayer in, in verse 10, mm-hmm. even though his life is in danger, yes, he is, his prayer, the main content of his prayer is thanksgiving. Mm. He, he breaks into a, a thanksgiving and a gratitude to God. So you can imagine the heart of Daniel. If, if the main uh, subject of our prayer is anything but but worship and thanksgiving, well, we, we still not do not know what uh, what the real heart of prayer is, you know? This is mind-blowing, Zeni. Thank you for bringing that up. This is so mind-blowing because as a, as a, as a Christian myself, and I wonder who is out there who is listening who finds the same, the same, the same, themselves in the same spot, but as a Christian myself, if I were in Daniel's situation, let's say, okay, no, I, I'm disciplined, I have this habit, I'm not going to change my mind, I'm loyal to God. But I will dare to say that I will find myself praying, asking for God to deliver me. And that's not what Daniel is doing. He's just praying and asking God um, um, first. Um, I mean, it says they're praying and asking God for help, but they, they didn't... Um, 
uh, that, that was in verse uh, 11, 12. But the verse 10 that you're talking about, he was praying three times a day as he prayed before. He didn't change his prayer. He didn't say, hey, you know, um, mm, God, mm, correct, help correct. me. Correct, right? correct. And there's, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and he was thanksgiving him. He was just praising God. He, he knew what was, he knew what was the most important yes. thing. And uh, another thing is, um, the, uh, a prayer can get you into trouble. <laughs> and we need to understand that because Daniel's prayer got him into trouble. Right. And, and you know, I, I think that's, that's what prayer sh can be in a, in a life of a Christian. You know, when we come to God, we are not just are seeking relief and comfort and peace and this and that. When we deal with the living God and we pray, it can mean that, you know, we are brought into uh, a danger, you know, as a result of that. Uh, and that's exactly what happens. So we should understand that the prayer prayers that we pray, if they are real from time to time, can bring us into trouble. Mm. Rather interesting. So we should be cognizant and preparing. And remember that... Um, it's not that God is not listening, uh, but he still has control. It, it's almost as if Daniel knew that this could happen. I mean, he already knew what was going on. But again, he didn't really focus on that trouble, even though he knew it could bring him into trouble, like you mentioned. He's like, oh, you know, if trouble comes, trouble comes, regardless of. It's like, like the parallel of the three men in chapter 3. If God will save us, but if he doesn't, it doesn't matter. We're not going to do it. Yeah. And another thing, you know, if we say in our prayers, God, I really want you more in my life, you know, more than ever. And uh, please come into my life, show yourself. I want to walk closer with you. And when God does, it may mean that, you know, he will have to cut off a couple of things in our lives or do this or that. And that becomes painful, you know, becomes painful. So, uh as I said, you know, prayer can bring us into trouble, but in, in it's always in short term, but in long term, it brings about a blessing, doesn't it? Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. The story goes on, Zeni, that these people came and told the king as almost as if playing dumb, oh, don't you remember that, uh, you know, in the next 30 days, nobody was meant to do this? And the penny drops to the king that, oh, this was a setup, because... Because he was pleased in Daniel, and as we mentioned before, he was planning to set him up above everybody else. So he knew what the, these men were doing. It always boggled me, even through my Christian walk, even as a child, to think about such a silly, such a silly way of having a law in this kingdom. But I think this is not new to only this kingdom. Many kingdoms you know, of such an era will have laws that nobody, not even the king, could change. Mm -hmm. and so he couldn't mm -hmm. do anything about it. And he just had to sit and wait, and 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 that's 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 really what happened, isn't it? Yes, yes, yes. And so and so Daniel finds himself in this position when, where, it doesn't look promising. It, it doesn't look like the the situation is in his favor. I guess. Yes, and and, and look, it, it, it's also um, you see see what the false religion does. Mm -hmm. At the end of it, you are deeply disappointed. You are you you realize that this was all good for nothing, you know. Right. So, king who was 
are flattered and who want it to be exalted, at the end of it, he is deeply disappointed because he realizes that this is all pretense and it's nothing to do with the true worship. It's everything to do with intrigue and and mm. it leaves a bad taste. So that that's what false religion leaves everyone with, you know. Right. A bad taste in your mouth. It's just deeply crushing and disappointing. That's that's the king now. He's he's deeply disappointed, you know. And that's mm. what false religion does to us. Whatever is our idol, it will always leave us with a, with a with a terrible aftertaste in our mouth, you know. It's a good practical lesson for us, of course, to not engage into such things. Exactly. And a lot of the times. Uh, as you're speaking to me, this idea comes to my mind of, you know, that's what politics is about. But when you think about it, the, obviously the way we see politics in today's world seems to be that it's all messed up because of it's based on, in many ways, a false sense of religion, which is usually we already spoke about this today. The idea that people are just pushing and shoving and whatever, right, left and center, so you can escalate to the next position. And it sounds to me that it goes against what the religion of the true God is the one that Daniel practiced. Daniel yes. never in his, we never read it in the text that he was canvassing or campaigning. It was like he was just being who he was, loyal yes. to God. And people were like, hey, you know this guy? He seems to be like a pretty cool guy. And he's very smart. He's intelligent. He's loyal. He's faithful. He has all these qualities. We want him here. Mm, yes. But he never put his hand up. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Right. So how does the story finish, Zenny? As we land in this episode, what happens then? Well, the king has to do what he has to do, and that is to um, to, to throw him into a lion's den, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Which is something, it's even cultural expression, thrown thrown before the lions, you know. Everybody, mm. you know, all cultures know this because, yeah, it's such an important text. So he, he goes, he goes, you know, into lion's den and... It's a miracle of God, isn't it? Like, like in chapter three, God, God shows up. And what strikes me is even before this young man seemed to have a poise right. and peace, Daniel before, you know, when, when the edict was issued, uh, for, um, when, when, when King, uh, had a dream, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and he hears the herald with the message, Daniel comes and he has a poise. He's, fully at peace and he says why rush just give us a bit of time you know you can sense a peace yeah. and a presence of mind you know mm. there's no panic yes you have the same thing in chapter three where these three young men have a poise and they mm. speak courageously and they, they, they there's peace you know mm. and once again the same thing again with daniel they sense of which is pretty strange to think in in the face of uh, apparent danger mm. there is a sense of being in the presence of god rather than in the presence of lions you know so his reaction makes no sense to the human eye yeah what a place to be isn't it what a place mm. like jesus when when waves were crushing on on mm, the on the lake of galilee you know and total peace you know so that seems to me wow. what's happening daniel is is at peace wow. in, in lions then you know and god sees him through and um he his faithfulness was rewarded. I think we cannot avoid that question. I think we had this question before, nevertheless, when we saw that parallel chapter 3, where sometimes the, the person who is faithful doesn't get delivered. 
But in God's wisdom, Daniel mm. still had something else to do, and we're going to be entering into those something else to do soon in the next few weeks of all those prophecies that um, that were delivered to him. King said to Daniel before he threw him in lion's den, God whom you serve, may he save you. And that's exactly what happened. Mm. It is amazing. He had a level of faith. He has heard before about this God of Daniel. Yeah, and it's interesting that God does not save him by not him being thrown into the mm. lion's den, but he saves him while in the lion's den. And later on, Jesus would, um, you know, walk on the Sea of Galilee and he would save them while in a danger. And then only after that, he would calm the storm and the waves, you know. So salvation is in the midst of danger, not a, not just away from danger. That's really something that we need to fully understand because that, that that's what we experience in our lives. It's not we are saved while in danger often, you know. That's an amazing thing. That's something that I think we forget. We probably don't even sit back to reflect upon that. It just makes so much sense when you think about it as you explain it to us. That if if you were not in danger, well, God will never save you from anything. And it's not that he's causing the danger so that he just comes as a superhero. It's just that evil is in this world and the devil is out there to, you know, do whatever he can to decrease and, and crush our faith in who God is. And yet uh, we are saved in that dangerous situations like Daniel was. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And then And then what happens after is that as he gets saved, one of the things that comes to my mind is you mentioned something so important. He had his act all together. He was in control. He had, he had confidence. Mm. I just wonder, you know, as he's going through these tough situations, what can I do in my today's world to experience a similar kind of experience during the dangerous times in my life? Is there anything that you can think of based on what we learned from this guy, from Daniel, that we could do today? Well, the most important thing I, I get is what made Daniel tick, okay. which is his spiritual life, which is his devotional life, which is something that was very secret and we did not know about it. We could just kind of guess that that was the case. Now it becomes very open, very clear. In a time of danger, we know now what makes this guy tick. So, and what makes him tick is discipline, consistent, vibrant, spiritual life made up of opening the word, mm. immersing himself in the word, understanding mm. the word, cherishing mm. the word, devouring the word, and praying to God, worshiping God. And this is all at personal level, personal level, not seen by anyone, you know. Absolutely. And it was habitually, it was not something like a one-off. It was a... Mm. Correct, correct. So that's that's really what's 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 going on. Well, thanks for that. Thanks for sharing those insights. Is there anything that you would like to add as we conclude this chapter, this episode? I'm sure there is more, but anything that you think that we could uh, think of? Look, um, the, the story seems to go in the same direction as far as King is concerned. Uh, okay. This king kind of is very similar to Nebuchadnezzar. I remember Nebuchadnezzar after he came face to face with the power and reality of God through a miracle that happened mm-hmm. with with a dream that he had and second dream that he mm-hmm. had. 
and fiery furnace. Now uh, Darius is also encountering mm. this God. And both of them, after they encountered God, they, they make these orders, these edicts. Right. And these orders are now you need to worship. The God of Daniel. Uh, God, you <laughs> yeah. know. You cannot order worship. Mm. You cannot command worship. When you look at the, uh, the New Testament, you know, uh, disciples of Jesus will fall before him and worship him. But he was never asking. He never asked for it, you know. Right. It's not a forced decision. Yeah, that's your free will. That is your love. That is, uh, that is it has to come from you. It's your mm. choice, you know. So that's, again, difference between, so we cannot order worship. So that's, that's another thing, you know, that you see at, at, at the very end of, of, of Daniel. And also there's a similarity between Daniel and Jesus. Okay. Uh, Daniel is betrayed by the ones who were closest to him. Mm. And Jesus was betrayed by the ones closest yeah. to him. Darius does not want to punish Daniel, but he does. Yes. Pilate does not want to condemn Jesus, but he does. Daniel is innocent. Jesus is innocent. I guess the point is this. There's always a similarity between the master and, the, and his servant. Oh. That's that's an amazing idea. That's really important to know, yes. you know. Yeah, that that is such an amazing thought. And thank you for bringing that up as we conclude, because it is exciting to think that, you know, we cannot predict the future, but we know how things will turn out for us as we serve God. And, you know, there will be difficulties, but God promises that he will be there so that everything turns out to the best at the time, whatever that means yes. at the time. As we are loyal, faithful to Christ, we become more like Him. And, and the reality is that our experiences yes. would be Christ-like as well. In, in our relationship with the Father, in our prayer life, in our devotion, as you mentioned before. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Zeni. I really appreciate this episode. Yes. And, uh, well, next week we will be talking about the four beasts. Yes, so we are going into a prophetic part of our book. Yes, yes, I'm excited about it. I'm sure that many of our listeners will be too, because there is so much to dig out in there, so many parallels. And at the end of the day, what the book of Daniel gives us, what God leaves us in there, is so much hope and reassurance of who He is. Okay, well, thank you everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope to catch you up next week. And until then, Zeni and I have chosen to love God. And we just want to ask you, how about you? Remember to subscribe to this podcast. Like it, share it, hashtag it, comment, and find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Tumblr as Adventist Reflections. God bless you.